0: Welcome to the House Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others, as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging, and life-giving. Be blessed. We are entering into part two of our I Am series. And uh, it got me thinking, uh, with this uh, I Am series about nicknames, about who... I am and the nicknames and the different things that have been given to me because I was given a name by my parents much like you have been given names by your parents but I'm not talking about the names that they give you when maybe you haven't cleaned your room or you haven't you know done those different things but the name that you were given at your birth but really that actually speaks more about them than it does about us. Because my name, the name that I was given at birth was Joshua George, because George was my uncle's name, and so that was <clears throat> what was decided even before I was born, that they were going to give me that <clears throat> that name. <clears throat> but a nickname is different. A nickname is given to you by someone else, and it does speak about who you are and part of your your character. And so, with this idea, you know, I, because my name is George, I like to give George, up the back there, the nickname, Gorgeous George. Because he has a gorgeous name, but he's also a gorgeous person. It describes who he is. He has a gorgeous love for people. So, his nickname speak something about who he is, as an individual. I have nicknames for my wife, and probably the most common one, or the one that is suitable to say on the stage, is Gorgie. I call her, like, because I think that she's gorgeous inside and out, so I call her Gorgie. She's my Gorgie. So, her nickname speaks something about her. And, uh, a-Train has a nickname, it's called a- he's called A-Train and you might not know why but he said that his name was Adrian but someone misheard him, misunderstood what he was saying and they thought he said A-Train and so the name kind of stuck because a lot of what A-Train does doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> and we misunderstand a lot of what he does, he does things... Great things like he pays for 20 young people to go to youth camp when he has no money of his own. <laughs> and so that's kind <clears> of... <throat> we don't understand him sometimes. And so the name kind of speaks something about who he is as an individual. So I was thinking through and um, I've had really three nicknames that have been given to me over the course of my life. And the first one was given to me by my uncle when I was probably about four uh, years old. And he gave me the nickname Stumpy. (laughs) Now, the reason that he called me Stumpy is uh, because when I was four, uh, and I think I've got a photo here of when I was four... um, That's me. That's my fourth birthday. So you can see like I've never been like the skinniest kid going around. Like you see the chubby cheeks there and so obviously uh, you know when I was four my uncle thought I looked like a stump in the ground. I was kind of short and round and uh, so he gave me that nickname. But the funny thing is is that my uncle is quite short and quite round and so by the time I was 12, I was actually taller than him, and so grew out of that nickname, and kind of grew into my next uh, nickname, which was given to me behind my back at high school, where I was called Thunder Thighs. (laughs) So obviously, you know, again, not being the, the skinniest kid on the block, you know, so you know, the the old school pants, you know, when you would wear them, sometimes it would make noise, you know, my thighs would rub together and would make noise and so I got the nickname Thunder Thighs. So that was my next nickname and then uh, my last nickname was actually given to me uh, by Pastor Jake, who wasn't Pastor Jake at the time. Um, He was just a a young teenage lad, and it was when we were first um, making the announcement uh, that I was uh, going to be become the lead pastor of the church here. And so we called all the key leaders together, and uh, we wanted to sort of tell them first. But even back then, as a 16, 17-year-old lad, and even though he didn't have the title of pastor, he didn't have that as part of his name. I knew that there was something about Jake's character that I actually wanted him in the room, so he was there when we made the announcement to all the, the key leaders, and we kind of decided um, that rather than be called senior pastor, because uh, you know back then I was you know a bit younger, I was 34 at the time, and um, yeah, I didn't feel like with Ray still being in the church that I should be called senior pastor although maybe that is a title that I've kind of earned now. I had um, Penelope was in my office the other day and she had the, the, uh, my iPad and I don't really take a lot of photos on my iPad. Uh, so I had some photos from back then around the time where I was uh, ordained to, to lead the, the church here and she's flicking through the photos and she looks at the photos and she looks at me and she goes you had black hair. (laughs) I said, yes, back then I did have black hair. So maybe I have earned the title of senior pastor now, I don't know. But anyway, so we came up with this title that I'll be called Lead Pastor. And so Jake gave me the nickname LPJ, standing for Lead Pastor Josh. So those are the three nicknames that I have been given for three different stages of my life. And so I was kind of thinking, well, I wonder what nicknames you've been given. I wonder, you know, if you had to fill in the blank, I am, how would you fill it in? What would other people fill in for you? Because we don't always get to choose our nicknames. And so I thought, as is, you know, there was three different nicknames for me over three different stages of my life, I thought I would maybe fill in the blank for some of us over the three different generations I guess that we have in the room today so we're going to go through some of those not necessarily that they're they're true not necessarily that they're um, you know what you would choose but these are some things maybe that have been spoken over you so for the 65 and over uh, category maybe you've been given uh, the title or filled in the blank I am retired or I am past my prime. Maybe that's what society speaks over you. Not necessarily true and definitely not true in the kingdom of God because some of our most fervent prayer warriors are in this category. But oftentimes society says, no, you You need to stop work, you need to just, you know, sit down and be quiet and we don't value you. And so maybe that's a title that has been given to you. Or I am a grandparent. And you think, well, even that, that, that's, a, that's a good title. You know, you might want that title. You might love that title. But, but sometimes even that title, you can see that these titles that we've been given actually start to shape our behavior. And maybe you wear that title uh, as a burden rather than a blessing. Oh, I have to go and pick the kids up from school. I have to do this. I have to do that and it kind of dictates your behavior because you've taken on that title. you have filled in the blank in that way. All right, next age group, the 25 to 65-year-olds. See if this rings true for some of you in the room. I am tired. I am busy. And I am my net worth. And oftentimes, through this phase of life is when we're kind of you know making money and doing different things and again not that it should be that way but oftentimes we equate our self-worth with our net worth that we're seen as being important if we can have a good job and make good money and do different things then we feel as though we are of worth and so we often equate our self-worth with our net worth but you know what I love about the church is the church is basically the only place on the planet where all these different ages all different stages of life rich and poor all come together and sit side by side in one room because everywhere else in society we like to compartmentalize things, don't we? Like, so you go to, to school and, you know, you have five-year-olds all together and six-year-olds, it's not based on ability, it's not based on their likes or dislikes, we're, we're categorized and into age brackets or even the places that you go to, to eat, you know, if you don't have a lot of money. If your net worth is low, then you go to, to these places to eat. But if you're of more worth and you have more money, then you go to these places. And so the people that you hang out with are people that are just like you and are the same age, the same stage, the same net worth. So everything that we, everywhere that we go, everything that we do is sort of compartmentalized except in the church, because our net worth doesn't signify our self-worth in this place. And lastly, the 15 to 25-year-olds. I am woke, I am entitled, I am misunderstood. And probably half of the people not in that age category a misunderstanding what that first one is. You're just like, what does that mean? What does woke mean? And again, this, is, this has come in and is almost on the way out, or it is on the way out, it's almost out altogether now. But the term woke, for those that maybe don't know and you want to be woke right now, um, it came in to speak about um, this idea of being aware or awake to, you know, the the racism, the the sexism, the different things that I was just talking about uh, that exist in our world today. But the interesting thing, the reason that it's on the way out is, is because people are starting to realize that if you're only woke on social media and nowhere else in life, you tend to focus on one issue to get because you end up again hanging out listening to to news services that only tell you what you want to hear and only hanging around people that are passionate about that same one cause that you're passionate about and so the idea of being woke has actually led to more fracture and more fragmentation and more isolation and hanging around people that are just like us than before this whole idea of being woke came in. And so we ended up in an opposite place to where uh, we wanted to be. And so hence the, the name is now on the way out. But even as Christians, we can have this process of how we would go through our Christian walk and the different ways that we would fill in the blank over the course of our Christian life. So if we can have that next one up. So we might fill in the blank when we first start to make that decision, we would fill in the blank, I am a believer. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be a believer. But then as time goes on and we sort of grow more in our faith and our relationship in Christ, it may change to, I am a follower. That there's a, there's a different level between being a believer to being a follower. And then finally, we move on to this idea of being a child of God, understanding and knowing what that means. So there's different ages, different stages, different titles that we can have and with this one, always my hope is to take people from non-belief to belief, from being a believer to being a follower, and from being a, a follower to knowing that you are a child of God. That That is our, one of our aims, that's why we gather together, uh, you know, as a community, so that we can, I guess, change that blank that has been filled in for us by society, by Uh, the different things that have been spoken over us to allow God to actually speak His life and His truth over us when we gather together every Sunday. And today is a special Sunday because today is Palm Sunday. And the crowd in Jerusalem filled in the blank for Jesus and they said, Jesus is Hosanna. Hosanna. Jesus is Hosanna and Hosanna means save us now, which Alicia has already mentioned for us. And that sounds great, it sounds like that that's a good title for Jesus to have, it sounds like it's a title that you could only give someone who is a believer, who believes that Jesus can save us now. But if we can go to that slide, thanks Peter, that has all of those different uh, ones on them. So, all of these different things, we're retired, we're tired, we're a believer. I don't know if there's anything that you can see that is in common with all of these different things. But all of these things, all the ways that we might fill in the blank of I am blank... Are what i'm going to call contingent now what does the word contingent mean contingent means that it's based on something so you can only be retired if you have worked and stopped work but if to understand the the root word that retire comes from it actually means to draw back to a place of seclusion So, if you are someone who is over 65, but you haven't drawn back to a place of seclusion, then this title doesn't belong to you. You might have stopped work, but that title is contingent based on a way that you behave. It's based on situations and circumstances, it's based on feelings and emotions and different things. If you're tired... Being tired is contingent on the fact that you might be busy. It might be tired on the fact that you haven't got enough sleep. So, it's based on, it's situation and circumstance based. So, all of these things are what we call contingent. And even the idea of how we, you know, if we're going from a believer to a follower to a child... You can only be a believer if you believe. You can only be a follower if you are following. So it's all contingent. It's all based on these different things. And so too, when they gave Jesus the title of Hosanna, it was contingent on the fact that He would save them now. That when He walked into Jerusalem, on this day, on, on Palm Sunday, they expected him to go to this place and, and save them, save them politically. That they expected that the very first thing that he would do when he walked in through the walls of Jerusalem was that he was going to you know, overturn you know, the, the Roman soldiers and the different things. But then it, he didn't do that. He didn't do what they expected him to do. He didn't fill in the blank the way that they expected him to fill in the blank. And so, his label changed. So, it went from, Jesus is Hosanna, to very quickly, Jesus is a disappointment. Jesus is a heretic, Jesus is a blasphemer, Jesus is a lawbreaker, Jesus is arrested. Because he didn't fill in the blank the way that we wanted him to. And so he was arrested. And we're going to read the account of Jesus' arrest now in this lead up to the Easter week. So we're going to read uh, the account in John's Gospel... Uh, starting at chapter 18, verse 1. It says, After Jesus had finished this prayer, he left his disciples and went across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden. Judas, a traitor, knew knew where this place was, for Jesus had gone there often with his disciples. The Pharisees and the leading priests had given Judas a large detachment of Roman soldiers and temple police, to seize Jesus. Judas guided them into the garden, all of them carrying torches and lanterns and armed with swords and spears. Jesus, knowing full well what was about to happen, went out to the garden entrance to meet them. Stepping forward, he asked, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, Now Judas, the traitor, was among them. Jesus replied, I am he. At the moment Jesus spoke the words, I am he, the mob fell backwards to the ground. So once more Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? As they stood up, they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I told you that I am the one that you were looking for. So if you want me, let these men go home. He said this to fulfill the prophecy that he had spoken. Father, let not one of those you have given me be lost. Suddenly, Peter took out his sword and struck the high priest's servants, uh, high priest's servant, slashing off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, I don't know how to read Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. I barely know how to read English. And I know why they did it. But the translators, when they were translating this passage, they kind of really stuffed up. They didn't actually put what was there to try and give us an idea of the flow of the conversation that was happening. But in so doing, they've taken away something that we actually need to see and need to know and understand. Because Jesus' answer to their statement that they were looking for Jesus of Nazareth, He said, who are you looking for? And they said, they said, Jesus of Nazareth... If he had have said, I am he, I am Jesus of Nazareth, it would have been circumstance dependent. It would have said that he was of Nazareth. But he wasn't born in Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem. And this guy, Joseph... Of Mary and Joseph fame, might have originally come, even though his family line was from Bethlehem, he might have come from Nazareth, but Jesus' Father wasn't just from Nazareth. So, Jesus doesn't actually answer that statement with, I am He. He answers the statement, simply, I am. I am. Meaning, I am not contingent. I am not based on anything. I do not change with the situation and circumstances. I know that you're coming to arrest me. I know that the situation is about to change. I know that I'm going from a place of freedom to a place of bondage. I know all the reasons. He knew full well why they were coming for him. And so he's asking them, as I believe God is asking each one of us today, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? What are you looking for to fill in that blank for you? Are you looking for the approval of men? Are you looking for a prophet to tell you what you want to hear? Like the crowd when they cried, Hosanna, are you looking for a a saviour to come and, and save you in that moment, in the immediacy of whatever you're facing right now? Jesus is actually all of those things, but He's not just those things. He's so much more than that. He's not based on situations or circumstances. He's not I am he, he is simply I am. He takes that blank space and turns it into a full stop. He takes the broken and the hollow things of your life and is wanting to bring them to a full stop whatever it is that you've been trying to search for whatever it is that you've been looking for and so that's why the question rings out again today as we celebrate Palm Sunday who are you looking for what are you looking for how are you filling in that blank in your life it's so important how we answer that And the fact that Jesus answered this, not with I am he, but with I am, means that he is setting himself apart from every other leader of every other religion that the world has ever known. You see, whether it be Muhammad, or Buddha, or Confucius, or whoever else, they all came so that... We might find God. But with these two words, Jesus is saying, I am God come to find you. I am God come to find you. That you do not need to to let situations and circumstances fill in that blank for you any longer. That I am the answer, no matter what situation or circumstance you're facing. I am what you need. I am what you need today. So, why is it important that we know that He is I am, that He is non contingent? Well, I'm a very visual person. So, I like to try and create a picture. Whenever I'm reading the scriptures, I like to try and create a bit of a a picture in my mind of what is happening. But in order to do that, we need some, some extra information from a couple of other passages of Scripture to try and work out exactly what's going on here. And you see, in that passage of Scripture, as amazing as it was just in itself, it actually says in the passage, it said, I don't know if you took notice of it, it said that all of this stuff happened to fulfill what Jesus had spoken over Himself, that there was something that He had said that all of these events were doing in order, like they they came to pass in order to fulfill what He had said. So we're going to read what He said back in John 6. He said, "'My Father who sent me determined that I will not lose even one of those whom He has given to me, and I will raise them up in the last day. I will raise them up in the last day. That this is the focus of everything that is happening. So we kind of have this idea, this picture starting to form, that that some things are starting to be raised up, while other things are falling down some things raised up some things falling down so i want you to if we can just if you can indulge me for just a minute so if i can get the entire front row if you can all come out onto the stage and uh come and line up for me facing this way and the second row if you can all come out and uh come around here and uh come and line up facing Uh, facing this way so you you both both lots are going to be facing me okay now how many have we got here one two three four five six can I have a couple more you two girls you want to come up and uh, anyone else want to jump up it's going to get a bit crazy a bit hectic but I kind of need about 12 on each side because we had 12 disciples didn't we so we need to we're going to need to like squish in it's going to get a bit crazy so yeah, who else wants to come up? You, this right here, you lads, all you guys, all come up. All right. So Nathan, I know that this happens to you all the time, but can you come in the middle? You're going to be Jesus. All right. Okay. So how many have we got? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine ten eleven twelve samuel can you go over the other side sorry it just takes a bit of time so how many got here one two three four five six seven eight nine i still need three more over this side if that's all right you three lads there do you just want to jump up (laughs) okay can i have my list okay Here's what we're going to try to do. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll do it. Yeah, you can go on the stairs. That's going to be fine. All right. I'm going to give you some things to hold up. Just hold these things up. So these are some of the ways that we fill in the blank. So hold them up maybe nice and high so that everyone can... okay so maybe you can identify with one of these things i am busy i am tired i am my net worth we spoke about that i am fearful i am anxious i am misunderstood i am just a victim i am stuck i am stupid i'm a burden i'm alone and again i am malchus which actually means king little k king okay So we've got this idea of things, and maybe one of these things you can relate to. And remember, all of these things are contingent, right? We can only be fearful if we have something to fear, can't we? They're all based on something, it's based on something. We're only busy if we have lots of things to do. We are only, was there one that was misunderstood or something like misunderstood? We're only misunderstood until someone understands us, right? So all of these things are contingent, okay? They're based on situations, circumstances, emotions, feelings that we have. But then, in the Scriptures, it also says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, casting down the imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing everything into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, that's just like what happened in our story. There were these things that were setting themselves up against God, the I Am. But remember what happened when they came against the I am, when they came against the, this non-contingent one, what happened? They fell over, they fell backwards. But why, how, how did that happen? Why did that happen? And we might think, oh well, they were, they were bowing. In reverence when he said the I am that's what they were there to arrest him because he claimed to be the I am and so they knew that that was blasphemy they knew that it was wrong and so they were bowing no because it wasn't just the temple police it says that yeah Judas was there but there was an entire contingent of Roman soldiers Anywhere from two to six hundred Roman soldiers were there, and the Roman soldiers cared nothing about this Hebrew God who called himself I Am. They're there with one purpose and one purpose only to arrest Jesus. So they're not going to just lie down, they're not going to just bow down easily just like these things in your life are not just going to bow down easily, they're they're going to fight, they're going to fight for their position. So how can we get those things to fall? Jesus spoke just two words and it caused all of those things To lose their footing they had no place they had no place to stand on when jesus said just two words when he said i am i am not contingent on your situation and circumstances now these guys these guys are the disciples and again we have to kind of look to some other passages of scripture to work out exactly what was going on here But they were in the garden and it says that that Jesus approached the uh, the entrance he knew that all this was coming he knew that this was coming and so he came out first so that's why he's here in the middle but we know from other passages of scriptures that the disciples were in the garden praying or they were supposed to be praying who knows what they were doing they were sleeping. So, chances are that if they were praying and they fell asleep, they weren't standing up praying to the heavens, they were probably down on their knees praying to God. So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys the change that happens when we go from this side contingent on situations and circumstances through the I am through the non-contingent one to making everything contingent about Jesus and we're going to see what happens we're going to change all of these statements to new statements based on the I am and when that happens you're going to kneel when I give you yours and you're going to fall back (laughs) all right so i am busy becomes i am called okay so you you don't have to actually fall back but just lay back you kneel (laughs) like lay on the ground (laughs) sorry shauna okay i am tired becomes i am yoked to christ because remember All you who are tired, who are weary, who are heavy laden, come to me and be yoked. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it changes. Okay, I am my net worth coming through the cross becomes I am treasured. We're changing how we fill in the blank. I am fearful becomes I am hopeful because the situations and the circumstances that made us fearful, when we see them in the light of the I am, we actually can have hope because he's not contingent, because he doesn't bow to situations and circumstances. Drew is anxious, but we become accepted. I am misunderstood becomes I am known. I am, hopefully this is all working. I am just a victim, becomes I am more than a conqueror. (laughs) I am stuck, becomes I am free. I am stupid, becomes I am blessed. I am a burden, becomes I am loved. I am alone becomes, I am chosen. And I am Malchius, little k king, becomes, I am adopted. And you see, the thing is, is that we think that a child is less than a king. But it's not so in the kingdom of God. We can try to be little k kings, Or we can accept the truth that we are a child of God. And so this is the picture that I have in my mind. And I think this is the picture that is supposed to to happen. That we need to understand that we all come with all these things. All these things are coming against us. They're coming to attack us. They're coming to arrest us, to arrest our attention, to do the different things. And we kind of, we don't want people to know that we are fearful. And so we try to, we try to just hide it. We try to just, just put it down. But really what we need to do is we actually need to bring that to, to Jesus. That if we bring it and let it try to stand, let it try to stand against the I am. It cannot stand. It ends up on the ground every time. That whatever your are Whatever you're fearful about, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're anxious about, let it stand in the presence of the I am and I guarantee you it will lose its footing every time. It cannot stand in the presence of God. Now, just as we bring this thing to a close, I would ask for the band to come up, but I don't know if there's any room on the stage. But you can start to to come up if you if you like so why did they send 600 soldiers to arrest one carpenter and you go well that's that's obvious look at what look at what he did to them 600 was not enough he laid them all out and yes you're right but think about what that means Think about what that means in light of what was about to be spoken over him, when they mocked him and they said, he saved others, but he's not able to save himself. He was able to save himself. He didn't have to be there in the garden. He went exactly where Judas would know to come and get him. He could have left them lying on their backs. He could have knocked them down again and again. He didn't have to be arrested. But he knew that he couldn't, he couldn't save himself and us. So he actually says, I am the one that you are looking for. Because the people sending this contingent of soldiers... The people making that decision, they didn't believe that this was what he could do. So they had actually sent these soldiers to arrest not just him, but anyone who was with him. They'd seen the crowds gather on Palm Sunday, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us. They were expecting a big crowd to be there and they were going to arrest all of them. That's why they had to send 600 people to come against him. But the crowds had all gone because Jesus didn't do what they wanted him to do in the moment. Based on their situation and circumstance, they couldn't see that he did come to save them. He didn't come to just save them now. He came to save them eternally. And so what he says in this moment is he says, I am. Let them go. Arrest me. Let them go free. That was the whole point this was the whole reason so that then on that day on his last day when he surrendered when he laid down his life if you can lay down so that he could raise us up if all of you can stand stand This is what we need to see, church. This is what we need to know. This is what we can stand in. This is the whole reason for the cross. You need to know that you are called, that you are yoked to Christ, that you are treasured, that you are hopeful, that you are accepted, that you are known, that you are more than a conqueror, that you are free, that you are blessed, that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are adopted because of Jesus, the I am. Because of who he is and because of this day. So, will you stand, church? You guys can grab your seats, thanks. And I want to encourage you to bring those things whatever it is your fears your worries your anxieties your feelings like you're stupid like they're not enough bring them allow them right now in this moment of prayer in this moment of worship allow them to try to stand in the presence of the I am and as I said I guarantee you that they will start to fall one by one by one by one all of those things will start to fall as Jesus the great I am the non-contingent one that just by his presence his presence is here in this room today the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to cause those things to fall and is going to raise up who you truly are your true identity based on him what he did, not based on your situation and circumstance. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the I am. That you're not contingent on situations or circumstances. That your love for us is not based on what we do or how we perform. That our fear, that our worry, that our anxiety based on the situations that we're facing, based on the different things going on in our life, that today, right now, in the presence of the I am, are just going to fall in Jesus' name. That those things are going to come down, those strongholds, every high thing that sets itself up against God, against the true and living God, is going to fall down, is going to be made low. That you are going to raise us up, raise us up to be with you, to give us the answer, the hope that we're looking for, to fill in that blank, the emptiness, the longingness that we have. In our hearts and in our lives, Father, we thank you that it no longer needs to stay blank and no longer needs to stay empty. Because we find our purpose, we find our identity, we find our calling, we find our hope, we find our life in you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info@life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Life House, God's house, our home.